Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Welcome to the Bloomberg Markets Podcast. I'm Paul Sweeney, alongside my co-host, Matt Miller. Every business day, we bring you interviews from CEOs, market pros, and Bloomberg experts, along with essential market-moving news. Find the Bloomberg Markets Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and at Bloomberg.com slash podcast. We just heard testimony this morning from federal bank regulators in front of the Senate Banking Committee. And it's kind of the takeaways, one of them at least, as being reported by Bloomberg, suggesting that these uh, there may be more bank regulations coming down the line. Uh, let's get the latest on what's happening with some of these regional banks. So we can do that with Herman Chan. He's a regional bank analyst for Bloomberg Intelligence. He's been our go-to source here as we navigate uh, through some of these issues. Uh, he's with Bloomberg Intelligence. He joins me here in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. So Herman, some of the regulators suggesting this morning, and again in testimony in front of Congress, that maybe even more bank regulations are needed. And we've heard the Bankers on the largest banks, Jamie Dimon, most notably, complaining about all the regulations post, uh, you know, 2008 that the industry's had to deal with. Do you think there will, will be more regulations coming to maybe some of the smaller, more regional banks? Yeah, I think that's the natural response to what's happened with the fallout from SBB and Signature. These smaller banks will need to be more tightly regulated. Remember, the U.S. regulatory system for banks now is a bit tiered, where the largest too-big-to-fail banks have the most onerous capital and liquidity uh, regulations and, and requirements. And as you get smaller in size, those requirements are lessened. So uh, the natural response, I think, from regulators is to tighten up those regulations for, for the banks uh, at as low as $100 billion in assets, which would, you know, in hindsight, would have captured uh, banks like SVB and Signature uh, with higher regulatory requirements. What about the, the cost associated with that? I mean, it's one thing for a JP Morgan or Bank of America to have to, you know, fund those types of investments in, in, in controls and regulations. How about some of these smaller banks? Yeah, I, I think the, the upshot is that uh, profitability will be weakened. Um, you're going to already incur costs by refilling the uh, deposit insurance fund. Uh, you've got $20 billion in losses from SVB, $22.5 billion losses from Signature. So that's going to come out of the regional banks and the largest banks' um, uh, coffers. Uh, you've got uh, expectations that liquidity requirements will increase. You've got expectations that uh, these banks um, will have to issue some more debt for loss-absorbing capital purposes. So all of that put together means um, some weaker uh, profitability for banks going forward. What are investors telling you? Are they just running away from this group? Are they trying to pick the winners and losers, the relatively stronger banks out there? Right. Uh, the backdrop is, is still a bit uncertain, so you've got that going on. But there are some folks that are looking at, at some of these banks that, that have been winners so far, the banks like CIT that, uh, I'm sorry, like uh, First Citizens that, that recently announced the purchase of SVB. You've yep. got uh, New York Community that recently made the purchase of assets and, and deposits from from Signature. So there are some winners and there's still some, some folks that are still uh, known as, as areas and ports of strength. Uh, banks like M&T and PNC and Regions that 
are are less affected by by the the shenanigans that happen with SVB and signatures. So there are some some pockets I think that where that uh, some investors are looking at right now. So what surprised me at the at the beginning of this Silicon Valley Bank story was my realization that it's the sixth. It was the sixteenth largest bank in the U.S. Right. That just shocked me because I'd heard of it because right. of tech, but I figured it was just a regional. But it was big. Are there other names out there that? You know, do you think the regulators are saying, oh boy, if a 16th largest bank could be in trouble, we need to start looking at number 17, 18, 19, that kind of thing? Right, and, and I think that's what these regulations are intended to do, is to bring the a tighter regulatory grip on the bank, the 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, into maybe 25 or 30 uh, largest banks in the U.S., so we don't have this sort of scenario happen again. Uh, but I, I think regulators also need to sharpen what they're really trying to fight here right because higher uh, capital ratios isn't going to do the trick right so it, this wasn't a capital issue this was a liquidity issue and there were less concrete answers from regulators today in the testimony about what they could do to to really tighten the regu- the, the regulatory aspect of liquidity it seems like part of it and i think some of the senators are trying to get to this point today which is you know this is more of a regulatory mistake if you will an error and not seeing this and not looking at the balance sheet of svb for example and just seeing all those assets held to maturity mm-hmm. a big number versus the the, the level of deposits and right. the risk that, that that now isn't that kind of bank regulation 101 yeah you would think so right um every, uh, yeah it, it's something that uh, interest rate risk is the bread and butter of how you manage a bank and it seems like there were there from from the testimony today the, the regulators in, in California uh, the state of California regulators were looking more closely with SBB but there was not enough action by both regulators and the management team to to really rectify the issues that were that were highlighted by by the regulatory folks so that's one and i think the other issue is that nobody really uh, articulated or or really understood the aspects of deposit flight and deposit flight, particularly for uninsured, large, chunky commercial deposits. And that's something that really needs to be focused on with respect to uh, how fast these things can leave the bank and the balance sheets of banks, especially in the age of social media, where you have a herd mentality, and also with, with the in this age of digital banking where folks can that's, move their money. That's a, a big thing. Like I've learned just, you know, I've upped my digital banking game a lot over the, 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 the pandemic and the ability to wire funds, transfer funds in, you know, they, there's obviously daily limits and so on, but mm-hmm. you can move money so much faster. Right. And so much more easily, literally right. from your phone sitting on your couch, you can move, you know, it's, it's just amazing. That, I'm not sure how you, how you regulate that other than putting some, some li- limits on it. But the big question, I, or a big question I have for you is, there, and I learned this in kind of comparing and contrasting what's happened in the US versus what happened in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and coming to recognize that European countries have far fewer banks than right. we do. We've got all these regional banks. How many banks in the country? Four, I think thousand, five four or 5,000. Yeah. yeah, okay. So you go into any town USA, yep. and there's a local bank, there's a savings loan or something or whatever. How are those regulated? Is that still the FDIC is gonna go down to that small of a community bank? No, I, I think those folks, uh, those smaller community banks that serve your local town is not going to be affected by any of these 
uh, more tight and more strenuous regulations. It's really going to be the banks that are going to be above $100 billion in assets, maybe down to $50 billion in assets if, if, if the Fed wants to be more uh, drastic with their measures. Uh, but, but these smaller regional banks, they are not too big to fail, right? If a local town bank in, in you know, ABC town in yep. rural you know, Ohio, that, that's not going to be a systemic issue that's going to affect the overall uh, infrastructure of the industry. Whereas SVB, as we've seen, we've now realized that the 16th largest bank in the U.S. can have wide ramifications for the industry. Looking forward here, one of the concerns for, I would think, small and mid-sized businesses is getting access to growth capital from my local regional bank. That's you know, been my partner. But I see my regional bank, they've had a lot of deposits withdrawn. Maybe they're going to money market accounts. Who knows where they're going? Mm-hmm. Is there a concern that credit will become tighter for the small business owner, maybe more expensive, that type of thing, at least in the, in the near term? Right. I, I think that's the knock-on effect, potentially, for, for what the issues with the SVB and Signature fallout. Uh, regional banks will have to both raise their uh, costs of their funding because they want to keep their deposits in-house. So one way to, to entice your depositors to stay is to raise your, the interest rate that you're giving to these depositors. Uh, that has an effect on banks' margins. So if your funding costs are rising, then you probably have to increase the lending rates to, to make that same spread you were making three weeks ago, right? So the cost of credit is going to rise, and the credit availability c- could decline because banks are going to be more wary of how they're lending in this environment where a potential recession is coming down the road and they want to be more conservative with how they lend. So those factors will have ramifications for the economy in our view. So I'm looking at your former employer, M&T Bank, because I've, I've identified that as a quality, you know, high quality regional bank. Okay, that's my analysis. It's still down 17% this year. I mean, yeah. even the quality banks out there, the ones that are not part of Silicon Valley, part or even part of that business customer base, you right. know, that you might see uh, like some some of the other banks that are being challenged right now, mm-hmm. that's still down. So if you're an M&T bank, you just got to put your head down and keep doing your business, right? Right, right. You really can't control what the stock price is doing. Uh, the market is going to be the market, and you're really focused on, you know, you know banking your core customers and doing what you've always been doing, having a very conservative risk profile across credits, interest rate risk, uh, capital, et cetera. So the banks that are, are strong will continue to be doing what they're doing and they'll find spots to, to, to grow their organization, maybe through M&A, but it, it's going to be a slow growth uh, profile across the industry given where we are with interest rates and the inverted curve. And for just M&T, they're going to report their next quarterly earnings uh, April 17th. So you're mm-hmm. going to have your bank earnings coming out starting in a couple of weeks. What do you expect to hear? What are the questions you're going to ask? What do you think one of some of the tough questions when you get on those investor calls people are going to ask about these bank managers? Is it just simply how sound is your bank? I mean, we can see the balance sheet. Right. but. What do you want to hear from management? I want to hear how how sturdy their deposits were over the course of these last three weeks. Uh, Were you having more conversations with your commercial clients about moving uh, about those clients moving their deposits out? How much are you paying for your incremental uh, deposits that you're that are coming in the door? Uh, How much uh, as as a measure of caution and conservatism? How much did you tap the Fed discount window and these uh, emergency liquidity measures to? 
to prepare against some liquidity outflow for, from your depositors. So those are all the questions that I think uh, investors should be focused on, um, the resiliency of the deposit base and how stable they can be in, in, in this moment of potential stress. And they will also disclose kind of loan growth, right? Are they, are they, right. Are they in fact loaning out money? Because if they're not loaning the money, then I would say, oh, maybe they're concerned right. about that deposit base. Right, exactly. I, I think overall loan growth is going to be a bit slower going forward, and you should really see that in the first quarter numbers. Okay, so I guess the, is there a list out there that people have of, oh, I'm really worried about these regional banks? Yeah, I guess the ones that are continue to be um, you know, circled from a market standpoint and things I would say things have, have quieted down yep. a bit based on the market reactions to these names over the past few days. But First Republic's going to be the one that I think investors are focused on in terms of how much deposit outflow they have and how are they going to manage that company going forward if they're going to be uh, remain solvent. So th yeah. that's the biggest question. That's the big one, right? That'd uh, be interesting because stock's down another 4% today, down to almost 90% this year. And this is a company that says we want to try to, you know, make it on our own here. So we'll have to pay attention to that. Herman Chan, thanks once again uh, for joining us, giving us the update on all things regional banks. Uh, he's been absolutely indispensable. I know to Bloomberg Radio, television, Bloomberg News, as we try to navigate the, uh, what has become a, a significant issue for this marketplace. So Herman Chan covers the regional banks for Bloomberg Intelligence. Joining us here in our Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Markets Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to interviews at Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you prefer. I'm Matt Miller. I'm on Twitter at MattMiller1973. And I'm Paul Sweeney. I'm on Twitter at P.T. Sweeney. Before the podcast, you can always catch us worldwide at Bloomberg Radio. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.